The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is time for Break the Business, where we empower indie creators and have some fun along the way. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week, and it is a pleasure to be joined by my co-host, singer, songwriter, and just all-around wonderful person, Zach Sloan. How's it going, Zach? Man, for a hot second, I thought you were talking about somebody else. It's like, maybe I'm not the host today. <laughs> did I, I miss? Did I get the wrong day? Oh, I, man. I think I'm in the wrong place. I got the Evite. Yeah, I'm man. talking about you, Zach. I'm so happy <laughs> to see you. Every time I just I see you, I see that fantastic studio space I have. I see the the delightful shag carpeting and everything. It just puts a <laughs> smile on my face. I'm overjoyed to have you here. Be- and, and if for no other reason, Zach, that we have an awesome show. So two things in particular I want to just highlight right out the gate. Okay, first of all, fantastic guests coming up in the next segment we love the musical guests around here and we have a great one singer songwriter ella luna i know you know her very well tell us what we're in for how how much are we going to be blown away by this performance in the second segment zach i met ella luna four or five years ago and at the time i met her she was 14 and at a singer songwriter showcase and was clearly the most talented person in the room and i can tell you that her talent has only grown since that time um she's one of one of my favorite songwriters uh, I know, one of my favorite songwriters I've, I've ever listened to, and her voice is amazing, and I'm just so thrilled to have her around today. i, I got to confess something here for you, Zach. I'm always amazed whenever I see a you know a 14-year-old songwriting prodigy, somebody who can just you know write the heck out of a song at a very young age, and certainly we've seen a couple really fantastic examples of them in pop music, right? Somebody like Billie Eilish or Lord just writing bangers at a young age, stuff that our human minds wouldn't be capable of writing. And frankly, I get a little upset by that because like, part of me is really happy for them and is happy that they brought this wonderful music into our lives. But part of me is also like, you're 14 years old. You're 15 years old. How are you capable of that depth? What have you possibly experienced in your life? Who could have hurt you so much? How could you have felt these feelings at that age? That, how do you do that? And, and so, yeah, I get a little jealous. Dude, I, I am perpetually jealous of Ella Luna. And if you her, and a great example of exactly what you're talking about on her record is a song called Stumble, that when you listen to it, you're like, how did you have these experiences? Yet she has and has written great songs about them. Oh, okay. All right. I am properly stoked for this. I can't wait to have her on in the next segment, talk to her about her songwriting process, how she's been moving through the pandemic and moving her career forward. We're always here to inspire the indie creators in that regard. One other piece of show news that I am excited about, and this is a big, big announcement. We've been teasing this announcement all week on social media, dropping little breadcrumbs, nuggets, but I'm I'm here to announce it. So for some of the people who are about to hear this, this won't be a surprise to them because they will have already heard this show on this platform. But this episode, Zach, is going to be our very first Break the Business on our new platform on Sirius XM Slam Radio Channel 145. We are satellite radio hosts, Zach. This is so cool. It's beyond cool because 
I go back with satellite radio a ways. I was a sub- XM sub- subscriber before the merger. Whoa. Um, and so when, no G. <laughs> oh yeah, I because I live in the middle of nowhere, and so the only way to get radio was to have satellite radio. And I'll tell you what, I am so excited for this. This is one of the coolest things that's that could happen to me in like in this entertainment world that we live in. So I'm I'm thrilled. I love the opportunity to be able to bring this program to an expanded audience. We do this show as a labor of love. There's no huge financial gain in this for any of us. This is about about empowering indie creators. It's about spreading uh, good advice, uh, you know, putting indie creators in the best position to succeed and having fun along the way. We've been doing this show in various forms and formats and incarnations since 2015 and now this is a whole new era for us reaching a whole new audience being on satellite radio and for for those of you who are new to the program for our our new satellite radio denizens who are making their way over to us uh, uh stumbling upon us perhaps between some of the other fantastic slam radio programming we should talk a little bit about what our show is and, and what we do each week. This is a weekly program. I'm an entertainment lawyer by training, and I started this show six years ago after writing a book also called Break the Business, which was all about empowering independent creators. I decided pretty early in my legal career that the path forward for indie creators with all this new technology, with all these new business structures that are existing was staying independent, was keeping control of your intellectual property, being your own boss, and finding your own way without some big content company, taking your royalties, taking your copyrights, how you can be your own boss in the biz. And that's what we started this show on. And since then, we've interviewed hundreds of fantastic artists and business people and pundits and entrepreneurs and journalists to help spread the message, to help give advice to indie creators. So if you're an indie creator checking us out on Slam Radio, or you're just an advocate, or you're just a fan of indie creators, this is the place for you. And so, you know, hang out with us. And we should also mention we don't take ourselves too seriously around here. We are not the serious show. We like to goof around. We like to talk pop culture. Uh, Zach and I, last time we were on together, we did a good 30 minutes about an Orson Welles video from the 80s that I'm still (laughs) laughing about. So, don't take us too seriously, but we do have serious advice on how to move your career forward as an indie, indie creator and how to be a better indie artist advocate, and that's what it's all about. Now, Zach, I would say you've you've been around this show since the beginning. We've had you on as a guest. You've been sort of a fan of ours since we started. Now you're co-hosting with us. Did I miss sort of anything? Is there any other perspective on Break the Business that you think the SiriusXM listeners need to know about? I think the thing to to pay attention with every interview you do is that as long as I've been a part of this community, the people you bring on, you bring on for very specific purposes. It's not, there are not guests here who are fluff. Everybody who comes on is usually has a unique perspective. So pay attention to the interviews that come in the second or third segment, because a lot of the most valuable stuff I've received and nothing against you, Ryan has been from those interviews. Um, So take a hard listen to those too. Oh, and that's very much by design. I I've often felt that, the less I talk and the more you hear from the guests, the better off everybody is. And I often have guests like they'll after an interview, they'll apologize to me and say, oh, gosh, I think I talked too much. And I'll say, no, 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 no. They hear enough from me. <laughs> they want to hear from you. You're the one with the perspective. And I'll tell you, Zach, for me, aside from just the joy of getting to host this show each week and, and, 
and you know, getting to interact with people. The thing that I really enjoyed the most about this show is meeting everyone that we've been able to meet. All the fantastic guests, all the networking, all the stuff I've learned. This is how I learn about the industry. This is how I, I network. I'm learning and networking right alongside all the listeners, and we're having a fun time. And this has been a joy the last six years, and I'm excited to have a whole new platform on satellite radio for us. I'm absolutely giddy. Uh, it, I can't I can't explain how excited I am because this has been something that I, has been in my life since I was in high school, college. So this is so cool. Uh, I, I'm thrilled. Yeah, me too. All right. And I think the thing that I enjoy most, in addition to everything else I just mentioned, is that I get to do this with friends, right? Like, Zach, you're my friend. I love hanging out with you, and it's fun doing this show with you. And a lot of the guests that I've had on are repeat guests who I've developed friendships with, even though they live all over the world. We had Mary Amber. I consider her a friend. She was uh, as a guest a couple weeks ago, all the way in Australia. I think she, oh, she just yep. commented there in the Twitch. She's in the chat, yeah. Oh, she's, she's watching this week. That's fabulous. But, you know, so the, the friendships I've made, and one of the friendships that I, I've treasured in this business from this podcast is uh, that of Sherry Lynn Lee who is an yeah. uh, indie musician who's actually going to be joining us in just a second here because in addition to my friends being super talented, they often get me thinking about the business in new ways, and I love to share those perspectives with our viewers on Twitch and our listeners on podcasts and on SiriusXM. And so I want to talk about a story that Sherry Lynn Lee just wrote. Um, we most recently, this was in May, just celebrated... Asian American and Pacific Islanders Heritage Month. And a lot of the music services, your Spotify's, your Grammys, they did things to celebrate this month as we would want them to do. We want to celebrate this fantastic part of our American heritage. And Sherry Lynn Lee wrote a terrific article uh, that sort of talked about how some of these music services miss the mark in celebrating AAPI Heritage Month. And so we'll bring her on to talk about it now. We have Sherry Lynn Lee. I'll introduce her here for a second. She is a fantastic singer, songwriter, producer, writer, uh, pop, jazz, just wonderful, wonderful. Uh, Sherry Lynn, let's uh, let's go ahead and bring her on here. How are you, Sherry Lynn? Hello, Ryan. Hi, Zach. Great to be here with you guys. It's an absolute treat. So LA-based singer, songwriter, and producer. You recently wrote an article, Sherry Lynn, in Medium's hashtag Stop Asian Hate blog entitled what went wrong when Spotify celebrated AAPI Heritage Month? And you can check out this article at stopasianhate.medium.com. And Sherry Lynn, your article spoke about how some music platforms miss the mark when celebrating Asian American and Pacific Islanders in music during May. What was the common problem that you were seeing? The problem is a very common problem throughout the U.S., which is that People conflate Asian Americans with Asians. They, you know, perhaps because we are physically, you know, more similar to people who live in Asia, people kind of assume that uh, celebrating us means celebrating Asian culture and being Asian. Um, whereas celebrating AAPI Heritage Month really should be about celebrating Asian Americans. And a lot of the platforms and the, you know, the companies who have been celebrating it have kind of forgotten about the second A. They celebrated the Asian, but not the American part of us. And that was kind of my main gripe about it. And I mean, I, I was 
really fascinated by this article. And and while I am, while I'm you know afraid of admitting it here on satellite radio, I will say that I did not even recognize this as a problem until I read your article. It opened my eyes. You know, you you had noted how on Spotify, for example, when celebrating AAPI Heritage Month. They spotlighted uh, quite a few you know, J-pop artists and K-pop artists and things like that, and they were terrific artists, and they're worth celebrating. But by only highlighting those ar- artists, you're not highlighting Asian-American artists. You're not highlighting uh, ar- artists who, uh, and to be, so, that, so that the industry can recognize there are a lot of terrific Asian-American artists who are you know, playing genres of music that are common to other uh parts of our American heritage, and we want those Asian Americans to be highlighted and spotlighted so that there's less othering happening in the Asian American community, so that we're not othering or exoticizing Asian Americans as as much as we should. Yeah, I mean, Spotify did highlight some AAPI artists, but I think that, you know, they took this opportunity to just have this deluge of promotion for all Asian subgenres you can ever think of, which is great. You know, it's great to celebrate Asian culture, but, you know, the struggle that Asian Americans face every day is that we're seen as foreign. You know, people always ask us, where are you really from? I mean, like, where are your parents from? You know, we always get those questions. And I feel like uh, promoting those Asian genres above everything else makes us even more foreign instead of helping make us more American to other people's perception, you know? So uh, if you look at Apple Music, for example, they took a very different approach. What you'll see on their most, you know, their their first playlist that uh, showed up, you'll see Bruno Mars, you'll see her, Janae Aiko, and all these other artists who are Asian Americans, and maybe people didn't know they were Asian Americans, but they are. And I think that helps people realize, oh, you know, there are Asian Americans in pop music. And, you know, maybe I hadn't paid attention before, but, you know, they're there and they can make pop music. Because one of the other things I've encountered when I go to music conferences is people assume that I will be doing K-pop or J-pop or Canto-pop or some version of Asian music, which I don't. I don't even speak an Asian language. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I remember reading that in another article you wrote where you you had said that somebody at a music conference recommended that you consider doing K-pop or J-pop. And you had mentioned in that article, you grew up in Mauritius and you speak French and Creole. And, you know, that your story is actually, you know, very different than what you might consider the stereotypical Asian experience. And you want there to be a space for your unique uh, Asian American, as well as all of the other things about your background heritage. Yeah, because I think people like me, I mean, many, many Asian Americans who were born and grew up in the U.S. or in Canada, you know, or any more Western country, we don't speak an Asian language. We've never lived in Asia. We you know, our culture is the American culture and our pop culture references, you know, everything that we know and love and grew up with is American. But because we look different, people assume that we belong over there with all the other Asian people. And it's not that we don't celebrate our roots, but we also just don't have the same 
uh, context that we grew up in. And, you know, if you and I grew up in the same country, learning the same language, watching the same movies, listening to the same music, why shouldn't we both, you know, be able to say we're American and not be questioned when we say we're from Florida or California? I get the feeling that perhaps one of the symptoms that we're seeing with this problem that you've pointed out is sort of our inability to create a space for Asian Americans that's truly theirs and that we all fully acknowledge. A lot of the names that you mentioned that are prominent Asian Americans in pop music, uh, folks like Nora Jones, folks like Janae Aiko, as you pointed out, Sherry Lynn, these are folks that a lot of people might not identify as being Asian American. And so I almost wonder if the music industry is saying, we will create a space for Asian Americans in the music industry, but not if people know that they are. That, you know, not, you know, if it has to be sort of uh, in the background, you have to hide the ball a bit. And, and that's not certainly something we want in the music industry either. I don't know that it's uh, necessarily, uh, by, you know, on purpose. I think that, you know, just like you said, you didn't really think about it until you read the article. I think a lot of people had very good intentions when they went into this campaign, but they just maybe did not really ask a lot of people what that really meant to be celebrating Asian American Heritage Month. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people have good intentions when they're asking me, you know, oh, have you considered doing J-pop? Because that's pretty popular. Maybe you'll have a lot of success with that. And, you know, they, they didn't mean it to be a bad thing, but it did not feel great to hear that. <laughs> but, you know, they don't know what they don't know. So, you know, I, I, I give them benefit of the doubt. <laughs> but if you look at what the Grammy Museum did, for example, right, they, they outlined a few... Asian American artists, and not all of them were American, I, I don't think. Uh, I'll have to go back and look. Um, but they missed out on Nora Jones. They missed out on Michelle Branch. They missed out on Bruno Mars. They missed out on her and Janae Iko, Olivia Rodrigo, and just so many people in pop culture are Asian Americans, but they aren't recognized as so, um, we kind of seem to be invisible. <laughs> Sherry Lynn, I, I really appreciate your insight here. I mean, this was really a thought-provoking piece for me. It got me thinking about something that I had not thought about before and got me thinking about it in a new way. And folks, in addition to being a terrific writer and blogger, and I encourage everybody to check out the uh, the blog at uh, stopasianhate.medium.com, Sherry Lynn Lee is also a fantastic singer, songwriter, and producer. And I hope, Sherry Lynn, that we can bring you back real soon and have you hang out with us some more and play some music for us. We would just be so pleased about that. Absolutely. All right. Uh, before you go, do you want to let anybody know about where they can check out your music? I, I want to make sure I give you a chance to do that. Yes, for sure. Uh, you can see most of our stuff on 23rdhour.com, 23rdhr.com. And we're on... Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, any anywhere you stream. And yeah, find us on Instagram, Facebook. Thank you so, so much. Sherry Lynn Lee, everybody. Uh, check out the article, stopasianhate.medium.com. Uh, powerful stuff, right, Zach? It is. And, you know, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but my wife is pregnant. And my wife being half Chinese, you know, this, as Sherry was talking just now, I thought, wow. I need to make sure I am cognizant to highlight a lot of these artists to my child that will 
belong to this group. And had I not read Sherry's article in the same way you, I, I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, every time I read something from Sherry Lynn, I, I'm always very impressed. Uh, she's quite the writer, and this was quite possibly the most thought-provoking one for me personally I've read of hers. I think a lot about how there is – I do think that there is a, a bigger issue here with the entertainment industry as a whole with how a lot of Asian-American performers in all forms of art often have to downplay their Asian heritage. I think of the uh, actress Chloe Bennett, for example. I don't know if you've ever watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, well, I have not. Oh, gosh, I love that. I mean, I'm a huge Marvel <laughs> dork, so of course. So uh, a lot of people don't know Chloe Bennett is uh, an Asian-American. Uh, her, I believe she's Asian on her father's side. Her birth name was uh, Chloe, is either Chloe Wang or Chloe Wong. I'm not sure the pronunciation on the A in it. But that's her, that's her actual birth name. And she actually was a pop, st- uh, a, a pop star, a Mando pop star, uh, under that name before she became an actress. And at some point, some... You know, movie person told her, you really need to change your last name if you want to make it in Hollywood. And so she actually changed her last name from her father's surname Wong to her father's first name, Bennett. And that's why and that's how she became Chloe Bennett, because she said, like, Hollywood is kind of racist about this. And if I wanted to have a career in the entertainment business, I had to to play ball. And and I think it's sort of, you know, emblematic, right? When you think of a lot of the prominent Asian American artists that Sherry Lynn talked about, like Nora Jones, Michelle Branch, um, Bruno Mars, none of them have are employing names that indicate their Asian American heritage because I think they all have the same fear of what exists in the entertainment biz. I you know what, I this is something that the more we talk about it, the more it really troubles me. And so I, I'm I'm glad that there are people like Sherry Lynn out there highlighting this so that I think the masses can understand a little bit more from somebody else's perspective about why it's important and why we should be careful. Uh, with these things. Um, but the name thing you just talked about is egregious. That just drives me up the wall. Um, that That's insane. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with some fantastic music and a great interview with Ella Luna. Don't go anywhere. Keep hanging out with us here on Break the Business. We'll be back in two. Ryan Corella here. I hope you're enjoying the show, and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. I do what I do because I care about creators like you. A lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations move forward. I do it by hosting this program, and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, I'd love to help. My firm RKPA does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Corella, PA, Miami, Florida. Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life. Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. 
You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. And you can follow the show at The BTB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Break the Business on Twitch, podcast, and Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Welcome to our satellite radio audience. So excited to have you here. Let's go ahead, without delay, bring in our guest for this week. So excited to be chatting with her. She is a Denver-based singer-songwriter who has been featured on NPR Live Music Sessions and 303 Magazine. You can find out more about her work by visiting ellaluna.hearnow.com. Ella Luna joining us on Break the Business. Hi, Ella. Hello. Oh, so good to see you. Fantastic setup you got there. I love your guitar. Everything Thank about you. that, it, I, I am digging it. And uh, I'm going to begin with what we were saying in the previous segment about you, which is I'm just insanely jealous of you. You are 19 years old, right? 18. 18, 18 <laughs> years old. I was wrong. 18 <laughs> years old. How? I've listened to some of your music, Ella. <laughs> Where does that depth come from? When I was 18 years old, I had experienced nothing in my life of consequence that would be worth making albums about. And you are writing with such depth and introspection at this young age. How? How? I'm, I'm just, I'm angrily jealous of you, Ella Luna. Oh, thank you. Well, I think part of it in my brain, I'm like, I must have had a past life, right? Like old souls had past lives. But also, I don't think necessarily creative inspiration comes from personal experience. I get a lot of my inspiration from stories, either like that my close friends have told me or books or movies or even just like other songs i'll be like that's a really cool concept so i think sometimes it's i fool i'm a i'm a trickster i'm like you think that i have all this life experience but really i'm just mooching off of other people <laughs> that's interesting so your songwriting process isn't just internal you'll you'll take stuff from other places you'll take inspiration i remember um uh, a dear uh, indie artist friend of mine, Mary Jennings, was uh, playing this song for me once. Uh, you're, she's just a, an amazing artist. And it was this like powerful song that just like it just ripped at my heart. And I could think like, man, how did she how did she just dig so deep into her soul to find that song? And I was like, where did that song come from? She's like, oh, I was watching an episode of The Walking Dead. And <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's just like, come on, the, like zombies gave you that? <laughs> It's Man. totally always the weirdest places. Like, yeah, I think, you know, it is narrative sometimes, but I think most writers don't, they're just storytellers. Like they're just outlets for other people's stories. I think a lot of the time. So here's something yeah. else, Ella, about your age that I find interesting. So you're 18 years old, which means that for the last two years, you know, 16 to 18, where you're, you know, you're still very much, you know, trying to build something in your career. You've had to begin this part of your indie music career and already achieve so much during a pandemic where you can't play live, where you're stuck at home for most of it. How have you been able to make these initial steps in your career, move your career forward under these kind of conditions? Because, you know, these con these kind of issues are difficult enough for a songwriter mm -hmm. Who's been doing this for a long time? You know, some you know, like Zach's got lots of experience under his belt that he could sort of lean on in his music <laughs> to uh, make it through the last two years. But you, you know, so far, like I would say, what, like at least half of your career in music <laughs> has been spent under lockdown, and you're still moving forward. How? Yeah, honestly, I gained 
any traction at all, like started having an audience at all during COVID. Like that was where it started for me. Um, I'd obviously been writing and making music way before that, but the audience was primarily either like my friends or friends of friends, like in the community. But I think with COVID, I graduated high school when COVID was happening. And all of a sudden I was like, I'm not going to see these people again. I don't really need to play it cool anymore. <laughs> so I just was like <laughs> self-promo. I was like, I'm self-promoing the shit out of this album. And so I just took to like every social media that I could and emailed every single person that would possibly let me play or be on their magazine or interview me. Like I was just like, let's full send. And yeah, social media is a blessing. I just got put on some really great Spotify playlists by some really great people and found some demographics like people who just resonated with my music and it's so cool tell me more about that process because i think it would be instructive to the indie creators out there listening to this watching this on twitch listening to us on sirius xm hey hey who (laughs) might want to learn about what they could replicate in their own career so of the things that you really started doing during the pandemic you went to lockdown and said i'm going to really start plugging away at these various aspects of promoting myself getting my music out there what would you say was the specific thing that you did that really paid the most dividends for you? I think just being upfront, like being yourself is such, like that's such a cliche, but it's so true. Like people love transparency. People just love it. And so I think when I was like, oh, I don't have to be afraid of like my peers anymore. Like I can kind of be whoever I want and be true. I was just like, yeah, I can just, I can be myself and it's not an issue. Um, And a lot of that for me was being like, oh, also these songs are like super gay. Like, I don't know if you knew that, but they're super gay. And so all of these like fellow queer community latched onto them and were like, oh my God, queer indie artists, like that's so cool. And I think that was a huge thing. So just like being yourself and utilizing it, people love people who love themselves. So I think that's cool. That is very cool. (laughs) What platforms were you utilizing that, that where you were having the most success projecting this new authentic self of yours but was there a particular social media platform where you were really getting a lot of engagement I think a lot of it was the Spotify playlist I got put on because Mm. I had been like commenting on like things that were like what are songs that remind you of this song and I was like my songs and then they put them on the playlist and then people just liked it because they liked that vibe like uh, there was one that was like what are songs that remind you of Strawberry Blonde by Mitski, that like pining after your best friend feeling? I was like, oh my God, my song Nina. And it got put on that playlist. And that's where it got like so many streams and then got added to a bunch of like sub-genre playlists of that one that were very similar vibes. Um, But then, yeah, I think just all social media, TikTok, even though that's like the dumbest app possible alive, (laughs) it's really like, (laughs) it works. Like I just got on that shit and was like, hey and they were like we love it i was like cool so dumb app but you know utilize it to your advantage gen z all right now all right so now we have a young person here who can (laughs) tell us what the hell tiktok is but we're not not that old we know tiktok you know you scroll mini videos but i i've seen routes for artists two different routes for artists when using tiktok to to move their careers forward find some success one is putting songs on the platform that other video creators can use. And the other is sort of creating your own profile where you're, you know, projecting your authentic self on the platform and interacting with the community, which have you really utilized or or both perhaps? 
I think there's this really weird thing right now in the industry to make songs to go viral on TikTok is so gross to me. I'm like, girl, no, it's the same thing. Like if you're writing a song for it to be a hit, it's not, it's going to be obvious. It's very transparent when people aren't writing because they want to write because that's who they are. That's what they do. So I really don't like that. That really rubs me the wrong way. Mm. But I think I just see it as like another stage. Like it's another, especially with the pandemic. I'm not a huge social media person. Like that's not my jam. But when COVID happened, I was like, well, this has to be my jam now. Like this is, this is where my music is the only jam I've got. Exactly. (laughs) I was like, this is what I got to use. And I think TikTok was just like one of them. And so is Instagram and Twitter and like all of these things. I'm like, I don't really know how to use this, but I'm just going to blast my music. And luckily it found little homes within people who are better at social media than I am. And they just kind of like projected it. So for me, it's just more of a stage. I'm certainly not like, oh, I'm going to like use like I'm going to be on this app all the time. This is like where I'm going to get my audience. I'm just like, this is one of the places that I can project my music. Zach, you've worked with Ella in the past. You must be blown away by her attitude as I am right now. I think a <laughs> lot of creators, and I know this because I've spoken with a lot of creators at, at about this, when the pandemic hit, when they went into lockdown, they shut down. You know, the the, the prospect of losing that physical interaction, losing live gigs, was just too much for them to bear and they just stopped creating. They stopped finding inspiration. They stopped putting themselves out there. And to me, Zach, Ella's focus, which is, <laughs> Mary Amber writes a great comment there, 18 years old and already that comfortable in their identity, already love this chick. <laughs> I mean, when I think about the, uh, that's, when I think about like the, the mess I was at 18, having no idea who I was or what I'm about, it just makes me all the more jealous of Ella. But anyway, like Zach, you're blown away by her attitude, right? The way that she, you know, she took the pandemic, you know, didn't didn't take it lying down, pivoted, made some great moves, and continued to move herself forward. I wish I could say I was blown away, but that would imply that I would be surprised. <laughs> um, getting to work with Ella as long as I have had, and get to like she's recorded vocals in this room and instruments, and I gotta tell you, she's one of the most talented people I've ever run across, and it just it never occurred to me the pandemic might slow her down. That was never once a, a concern. I, I knew she'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> she Thanks works too that. hard, dude. You, you should <laughs> hear her come to the studio and be ready to work. Like, she works harder than anybody I've ever worked with before. Uh, I am not surprised. I'm so happy for your success. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> Ella, a couple times during the interview, I caught that you made some reference to... Not, you know, since the pandemic hit and you weren't in school on campus anymore, you felt more free. You felt like you didn't, you weren't, I guess, facing as much uh, ostracism or as just much as much attention from your peers on your physical school campus. And that gave you more freedom to create. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? I think that's particularly interesting because I remember I read from you that you, you go to a a high school for the arts so like i would assume that you would just be surrounded by a bunch of people that would also have artistic mind like i just see you know a bunch of i envision like the opening scene of fame right like everybody's wearing leg warmers and dancing (laughs) on cars and stuff and they're all just trying to make it and live forever is that not what this is like it's it's just like a regular high school where people are mean I love that description because honestly, the only difference in my head of like art school and other schools is that art school kids are just more pretentious. Like that's how it is. But we're more, yeah. But um, I don't know. Yeah, definitely felt freer. And I don't even think it was school. I think it was all of a sudden I was like, I'm an adult. Like I turned 18 last summer 
And I was like, wait, I'm a full person. I know myself. Like the comment, like I am, I, I'm comfortable in my identity and all that business. <laughs> and I think that having that realization, I was like, I have every right to want to share my music. And for, because, you know, there's that imposter syndrome and everyone has that. I think I had that for a really long time. And part of it was the school thing. Like high school is hard. Like high school is always hard. It's just people are judgy and you're scared of being judged. But I was also very lucky to go to art school and be in a community of like-minded people. I was never afraid to like put music out or share my songs or be who I am. And so that was really cool. And I feel very lucky, like love art school, so much love for art school, but there's just something to growing up and being like, I'm, I'm ready to do it now. I think you're just ready when you're ready. I love your perspective, Ella, and your timing is absolutely perfect. Cause something you need to know about our new satellite radio home, Sirius XM channel 145 is it is a high school student run Sirius XM satellite radio station. All of the all of the producers are students in high schools around the country, mostly in uh, the Miami area, but they're spread out. And so a lot of the folks listening to this are going to be kids your age who are going through a similar journey in their life and probably are facing the same sort of stresses that you face, the same challenges that you face. And I just wonder, like, since I know some of those folks are listening, do you want to talk a little bit to your fellow peers who are in that same group? Uh, has has the pandemic given you any perspective on what it means to be someone your age trying to uh, find yourself and move your career forward that you'd love to impart with our younger listeners? It feels silly for me to stand on any sort of pedestal and act like I know what I'm talking about because I'm also figuring it out every single day. Like, I, I also, I don't really know. Like, I'm just doing what I do. <laughs> but I would say, I'm 35. Yeah, just, I don't know either. So Exactly. No one knows anything. <laughs> Maybe Taylor it. Swift. Maybe Taylor Swift can talk to me on a pedestal. Then I'll be like, <laughs> okay, I believe you. Tell me anything. <laughs> but I would say just, yeah, be yourself. Also, life is short. Also, you're a full person. I think there's this horrible thing with young people and I feel it in a very condescending way from a lot of adults where they're like, oh, well, you've got time. Like, you'll figure it out. You'll figure things out. And I'm like, I'm figuring it out right now. Like, do you have it figured out? Really? Like, tell me. Tell me more. I just think that, you know, life is short. You just have to live it and be yourself and make what you want to make. And if you want to write songs about pretty girls, then you should write songs about pretty girls and tell everyone that they're about pretty girls. I don't know. Just like go for it. Well, now, Ella, speaking <laughs> of songs about pretty girls, I can't help but notice that you have a terrific looking electric guitar there on your lap. Thank you. Just really, really ter terrific, beautiful instrument. And it would make me very happy to think <laughs> that perhaps the reason why you have that guitar on your lap is that you might be willing to play something for us here on the program. Uh, is there a, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the song you want to play for us right now? I don't know. You really sprung this on me. I didn't even know I was going to sing that. <laughs> oh, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. With Let my perfectly just, tuned guitar. Tune. <laughs> <laughs> With the capo, With the capo already on, on there. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll play a song. So this is um, a song called Nina. It's off of my album that I made with Zach, Always a Bridesmaid, Never a Bride by Ella Luna. Everywhere you buy and stream music. Uh, this is definitely the standout track. Uh, it means a lot to me. It was just the first song I wrote that was like very unapologetically about being a girl who loves girls. And I think that it really resonated with people because that is an underrepresented genre, like type of music that's just hard to come across sometimes. So having this song that's just about being a girl flying in love with a girl, 
hit a sweet spot for a lot of like young queer girls. So, all right. Shout out to young queer girls. Without further ado, everybody, we're going to get out of your way, and uh, and Ella Luna is <laughs> going to be playing for you here on Break the Business. Cool. This is Nina. Nina moves slowly in the back of my head like a book I have written, but I never have read, and she looks like a picture. If I could paint, she would be my muse. When I dance, she is in the music. And I can hear it When I tell someone to never call again And the phone starts ringing And I hope it's them And the things I have said I hope you won't remember When the sun comes up doesn't matter if I've slept I'll always be smitten with her face in my head And how much I care But how bad I am at expression Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. 
Oh. <laughs> you can check her out at ellaluna.herenow.com. Wow, my goodness. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, Ella, um, there, there are quite a few people that in various capacities are sitting virtually backstage on our platform while we are doing this show. We have my sister who's producing it. Uh, I was in the green room virtually. Zach was in the virtual green room. We had some of our other guests on the program just sitting there. And I can see them all in the chat window when they're not on the air. And during the show, they're all milling about. They're taking notes. They're sending me notes, things like that to keep the show running. And when you started playing and you really got into it, just everything stopped. Every single one of them just was staring into their webcams, jaws agape, just completely mind blown by what they were listening to. Ella, that was fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that on this program. Thank you for having me and letting me sing my song. Thank you. Oh my goodness. One more time at that website, everybody. EllaLuna.HereNow.com. Zach, just, yeah, what can you say? Dude, let me tell you, the easiest thing about producing an Ella Luna record or co-producing or whatever you want to call it is just getting out of her way because her talent's <laughs> obvious. So what production do you have to do? You just hit record and go have a beer? <laughs> I'll tell you what. There was never a time where my idea was better than hers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's magnificent. Now, Ella, oh, gosh. Before we let you go, one last question that we ask all the guests that come on this program do you have any last tips to share with the indie creators out there to help them move their careers forward? I feel like my general, I don't know, general thing that I've said throughout the entire interview is that authenticity is what people love. Be yourself. Say what you want to say. Uh, I don't know any more than you do. We're all just figuring it out together. Everyone's just figuring it out. And being yourself is like the most important thing in the entire world. So, Right on. <laughs> and kudos to you for having such a a firm understanding of what that self is at such a young age. And I, I, I can't wait to see what you're going to be up to going forward. You have a, such an exciting future ahead of you. Please, I, I beg of you, I plead of you, let us be part of that future in any way that we can. Feel free to come on this show anytime you like. Standing invitation. Thank We'd you, love Ryan. to have you. If there's ever anything we can do to help support you, don't hesitate to reach out. That was so, so great, Ella. That means the world. Thank you so much for your kindness tonight. This is so wonderful. Oh. Thank you. All right. Uh, Ella <laughs> Luna, everybody. I, whew. Zach, I wasn't ready for that. I, I, was, I was not prepared mentally, physically, spiritually, any of the Lees in feeling those feelings. <laughs> And, and being taken to the places that that song took me. And now I'm supposed to finish this show. We really should have had her close. That was a mistake on my part. You know what, dude? I, what's weird is I've, I've listened to her sing dozens of times, hundreds of times. And even then, like, I, I was so thankful you pulled the camera off. Like, it just highlighted her because I started crying. Because, like, that type of talent is, like, and her, I'm just so happy to see how she's, like grown into herself and making these albums and like she's to the point where she doesn't need me to make a record for her anymore she's going to be able to do this all on her own and lean on her talent and it's just so cool to see a singer songwriter like her coming to the table with a unique sound a unique uh, perspective and just the talent to boot it's it's fabulous 
Well, if we got the best version of Ella Luna, I'm not above taking credit for that. I, I think there was something <laughs> about the break the business atmosphere, the welcoming community that we have that just brought the best out of Ella Luna. We can all agree. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know what? I'll, we'll take it. We're, you know what? We're on serious now. Let's, let's get serious with taking some credit here. Bolt. Pio. I've been waiting for I've been trying to force that pun all night, man. <laughs> I was trying to find my, my drum sound effect there. Well, folks, there are a lot of great guests where that came from. We, we are bringing it throughout the month of June here, people. Next week, we got Ray Robinson, if you like y- ukulele artists. And obviously, the answer to that question for everybody must be a resounding yes. You're going to want to check Ray Robinson out next week. June 30th, our guest is Nick Cien Faglione. He's the founder of Artist Republic, doing some great things uh, to serve indie creators. You're going to want to check those out. And we have so many fantastic guests coming up throughout the summer you're, it's great music, great information, great times, great vibes here at Break the Business. We advise you not to go anywhere. Before we close this week, Zach, I did want to talk about one piece of news, because every week we always get the one piece of news that pops in like five minutes before we're supposed to go right. on air, and then we have to cobble together a story on it real quick. And this week's uh, version of that, the story that just flopped across Twitter right before we went live, is this new article in Hypebot which is reporting that Facebook for the first time is allowing independent artists to distribute their music for free on Facebook stories and Instagram reels, which are their micro video platforms on Facebook and Instagram and uh, artists. uh, So it's a partnership with DistroKid and TuneCore artists can use this program uh, through either of those streaming services to put their music on those platforms for free which is a stark contrast to the way a lot of distribution services work. Services like CD Baby, uh, DistroKid, TuneCore, they always allowed you to distribute your music to TikTok or or, uh, Reels, Facebook Stories, those kind of platforms, but they always charge for it as part of their normal distribution fee. But now Facebook has partnered with these two services so that creators can get their music on those platforms for free without any friction um, I think it's a I think it's a win for artists. I'd I'd love to see a similar program happen with TikTok. And and knowing how everything kind of works in the music business, where it's always keeping up with the Joneses, it's only a matter of time before the other distribution services get involved. Before CD Baby says, "Hey, we have to start doing that too," and I think it's only a matter of time before TikTok gets involved because they're not going to let it, you know, Instagram Reels be the only service that's allowing this distribution for musicians. So this is exciting to me. I'm all for artists having cheaper distribution options. Absolutely. And you know what? The, the thing that I, I like about this is I like, I like seeing some of the distribution companies getting in there to assist with the artists, because if you're an indie artist, you know, these companies are your, your method to get your music out there. And so to, for them to relate, to remove a step, I think is a is a move in the right direction. So Mary Amber but, had a nice oh, comment. I missed there. what Mary said. What yeah, did let's, she say? let's pull up that comment again. I think that's quite. Oh wow, they're going to let people give up their music rights. How kind. <laughs> so, well, look, Facebook. It's it's perfectly fair to say that Facebook isn't just doing this because they care about indie creators. I'm not going to divine their motives for them. I'm, I'm sure you know plenty of them do care. But really, what this is about is this is Facebook identifying that. It's in their business interest to make it as easy as possible for creators to get music on these micro video platforms so that creators can use this music easily. And by the way, like there's still a lot of issues with these platforms, right? Like generally TikTok, Reels, they don't pay nearly as well as some of the other streaming services do, who, by the way, don't pay nearly that well to begin with. So there's still a lot of, of concern that you have here. And I think for a lot of indie creators... 
TikTok and Reels by themselves are not viable revenue streams. You're not going to get rich with your music on those platforms. It's, I mean, the music basically serves as a promotional tool. You get your music right. on TikTok and it goes viral. Maybe that will draw people to your Spotify or to your Apple Music or hopefully even to your Patreon accounts and to your live concerts where you can start making some real money. And so it isn't a direct revenue stream for artists. And that's probably something that needs to be changed and revisited. But at least it shouldn't cost creators money to put your music on these platforms. So, Mary, Amber, thank you for pointing that out. I hadn't thought of it that from that perspective, because as Ryan said, this came out five minutes before uh, <laughs> the show started. I, Ryan, I think you make an interesting counterpoint. My big fear now is, like, at what point does this just become, like, this, the new stepping stone to a 360 deal for, for indie artists? But I think, we're, I think we're far afield from that for now. It sounds like a great promotional opportunity, but you're right, Ryan. This is not the way to get rich. No, certainly not. And... And, and that's something that does need to change. And by the way, hang with us, Break the Business fans. It, for those of you checking us out for the first time on SiriusXM, hang with us because a big part of what we do on this program is advocacy. That's really something that we have made a much bigger part of our brand in the last few months. It's not just about here's some advice to help you move your careers forward, although that's important, but we're also here to talk about what structural changes should happen either in the industry or in the government or in society as a whole to make the industry, the entertainment industry, a better, a more hospitable, a more profitable place for indie creators of all media. And that's what we're around here to do. And the best way to do that, in my view, is to, uh, in this community, have a dialogue. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear about what's going on in your career. We want to hear about what you want us to talk about so that this program can be the best tool for you to succeed. You can follow Break the Business at the BTB Podcast on Twitter. You can, of course, follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash break the business. And if you have if you want to email us a question that you want us to answer on the show or a topic you want us to discuss, you can email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. This program has always been at its best when it's a two-way street. We want to hear from you. We welcome you to our community. And we're so excited to see everything that's going to be happening with this pro program going forward. Uh, I, I, get as, I, I get as much out of meeting and interacting all of, with all of you as hopefully you are with me. And, and I love all the friends that I've met along the way, including our co-host, Zach. Thank you so much, my man, for being on the show with us this week. Dude, thanks for having me. Hey, yo, and you people out in Serious Land, come hang out on our Twitch stream. You can tell we have a lot of fun with the people in the chat. So please come hop out, hop on in. We'd love to hear from you there too. Absolutely. And you can also check out Break the Business on podcasting platforms. We're on Apple Music. We're on Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, what have you. But of course, don't stop listening on SiriusXM because we, you know, we are very, very grateful to the folks at Slam Radio for uh, giving us this Word. new home. I love the folks at Slam Radio. I know a lot of them. Um, and just you know, how hard they work, the, the grown-ups, the kids who help run that station. They are the coolest people doing the coolest project ever. Uh, they, they have my heart, and I'm so thankful to them for giving us this platform. All right, everybody. Thank you all so, so much for checking out Break the Business. We will see you next week.